Hello and welcome back to the Brooklyn Beat Podcast. Coming live from you from Nashua, New Hampshire. This is Justin Worsley and as always, Nick Benyors. Nick, how are you today? I'm all right, better than you. I'm not in Nashua, New Hampshire. That's true. Nick's actually in Brooklyn right now. We're recording remotely. Um, For those of you who tuned in for our three and a half hour marathon on the 2018 NFL Draft, thank you for stopping by. God bless Um, you. (laughs) Yes, and God bless you, especially uh, after Nick and the Giants... uh, Taking Saquon Barkley second overall. Nick, a week later, how are you feeling? Uh, not great. Uh, I probably about the same that I felt last week. I just kind of feel like uh, it wasn't, wasn't the right right choice. It's kind of all there was to it. It uh, doesn't mean he's a bad player. I just don't believe in uh, value that high. Which, which I agree with. Um, so today we are going to do some draft review. We're going to start with the uh, AFC North. Uh, where the Browns had the first overall pick and the fourth overall pick. Nick, how do you feel about their draft class overall? I think overall the draft class was uh, pretty solid. It was a pretty good haul. I'm personally not a big fan of Baker Mayfield. The, the further away from the draft we get, the more it seems to be that I am in a minority on that. I believe it's coming out that Something like half the teams in the NFL uh, were, had Mayfield as the top quarterback, whatever the case is. To be Which is crazy honest, to me also. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time believing that. I, I guess it's true. I mean, I'm not going to review it, whatever it is. There was a report that came out the other day that the Patriots were prepared to trade up to two to uh, acquire Baker if he was there uh, after one. I don't know how true that is. I find that a little hard to believe, primarily because I can't imagine the Giants – who reportedly didn't listen to any trade offers at all for two. Which is even taken, crazier as well. Yeah, which is pretty crazy in itself. But I can't imagine that they were going to trade down from two, let alone from two, but all the way down to uh, 23 and 31, even if they got an extra first rounder. I, it would have taken a King's Ransom to, to get that, at least based on the value chart. So I don't know how true that is, but apparently a lot of teams loved them. Cleveland loved them more than anybody else because they had the top choice and uh, they took them. And uh, that's where it is. I mean – to be, you know, the way I see it, the rest of the draft, uh, Ward, uh, here's the thing. I like Ward as a prospect. I don't love his size, but I don't think a cornerback is just about size. You know, there's a lot of things that have come out of it. And, um, you know, regardless of the history of top 10 Ohio State cornerbacks, uh, to me, that's <laughs> scarred me personally. You know, uh, I, I, it's tough because, you know, there was a good point that you had made uh, regarding – paying these guys, these top picks, you know, these massive contracts. A lot of people said they should have gone Bradley Chubb. Personally, I probably would have gone Bradley Chubb too. Think about the possibility of being able to line up Miles Garrett opposite Bradley Chubb. That's not to say that I don't think that the Browns' defensive line talent is actually pretty good right now as it is. You know, they have, they have Garrett down there and they have a couple other bodies that are pretty good. And I, I don't think that they're hurting in the D-line. And they definitely had a bigger need at cornerback. I don't know if I'd have gone Ward, but, you know, I, I get it. I understand the point. And then, you know, in round two, they came back and they um, they kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, they grabbed Austin Corbett, the guard out of Nevada, who I, I do like. Uh, I did like Will Hernandez more coming out, and I was happy to see him fall to my Giants with a few things that actually made me happy. But uh, regarding Corbett, I thought the interesting, the most interesting part about them drafting Corbett to me was I think they kind of told you – uh, who they anticipate cleaning left tackle. I haven't heard any of this. This is complete speculation on my part, but I got to figure that their idea is going to be to kick Joel Batonio out to left tackle. 
I mean, I, I don't see the other fit otherwise. They have uh, Zeitler. Yeah, Spencer Drango is terrible. Yeah, he and Joe was Thomas is replacing him. He I, allowed 11 sacks last year in, I think, what, eight games that he played something in? Something like that. Something brutal like that. So the way I see it is I, I know they were going to let Sean Coleman compete, and uh, they signed Hubbard to play right tackle. So I think that at the very least, Batonio is going to get an opportunity to compete for left tackle. You know, he played left tackle in college, I believe, and uh, he was moved to guard when he came to the NFL. But. Seems like they want to try him a left tackle. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think the idea of, you know, just playing your five best linemen is a bad one. I think a, a cohesive unit as an offensive line is, is definitely a positive. And between Corbett, Corbett's a high pick. He's basically, he was a 33rd overall pick. You know, he, he's almost a first rounder, essentially. So I find it yeah. hard to believe that they're going to draft a guard that high and not look at him as a plug and play guy. So, I can't uh, unless they're playing on playing him left tackle, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they're they're going to try their hand at Betonio left tackle, and I actually think it's a pretty good idea to be quite honest. How do you feel about the uh, the Browns paying seventeen million dollars to acquire Nick Chubb? <laughs> you know what? I like it. It's out of the box. They had enormous amount of cap space. It cost, and they had to spend it, they, they, and they literally had to spend it. So the way I see it, they in a way, I mean not exactly, but in a way, it's like they didn't do anything basically all they did was help clear Houston's books and they got a second rounder I I, I, I thought it was a great outside the box idea from a team that uh, gets kind of a lot of crap for you know the way they go around it uh, as for Chubb I was surprised to see him go that high I, I like Chubb I think the injuries did you know do, do a little damage to him and stuff like that I do like him as a prospect but I, that's one thing about this draft that I, I gotta say I was pretty surprised about the order of the running backs did not go in the order of what we all kind of anticipated was the pecking order. I think uh, the consensus was Geis was the number two back. I, I do know that there was a few people who disagreed with, 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 with that uh, thought process. I believe uh, uh, Joshua was one of those guys who was a Browns fan, so I'm pretty sure he's happy that uh, they didn't go out and get um, Geis with that, with that pick. But I was surprised. Well, I think um, yeah, I think Geis's character issues kind of. Uh, yeah, came I, I, I'm I'm sure that had to do with it. But I know Joshua wasn't a fan of uh, just his game overall, so uh, that's why I'm shouting out Joshua, good guy right there. Uh, so um, <laughs> friend of the program, friend of the program. So I was a little surprised to see Chubb go that high. But then again, you know what? It's high at the same time. He was what the fourth running back off the board. Right. If um, correctly, uh, yeah, Saquon, uh, Rashad Penny, and then Michael Michelle, went, went right his own the, teammate, uh, uh, Michelle, whatever his name is, and um, yeah. So that, I was surprised that the running back went that quick. I, I anticipated them coming off the board a little, a little later, primarily because it's so deep. You yeah. Know, usually, a lot of times when 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 a position is that deep, you kind of you know kick the can down the line kind of thing because you figure, well, I got a running back in round two. I can get a running back in round three. You know, so. Uh, but I guess people – it's kind of a domino effect sometimes too. Uh, so I think know, a lot of people wanted, like, their guy. They were worried he wasn't going to be right, there. Right, uh, right, right. So I, I, yeah, I, I think that was part of it too. So, you know, uh, but overall, I, I thought I, I thought the um, the Callaway pick, while I think Callaway was – I don't want to say a reach because talent-wise, he's not a reach. He's got all the talent in the world. That's, a, that, that's not an issue at all. But – I thought uh, value-wise, I, I think he could have went a little later in the draft. But, you know, Cleveland had so many picks. They had so many guys. They had traded up. They traded down. They did this. They did that. They went for it. It was round four. 
and they went for it. And honestly, I don't really got a problem with it. I thought it was a, it was, you know, a decent, uh, you know, dice roll, you know, and I, I, I liked it. I also liked the, uh, Jannard uh, Avery around uh, five. Uh, you know, uh, he's an interesting prospect out of Memphis, you know, linebacker, and um, you know, I, I think that was another kind of uh, kind of pick, a little under the radar. The Memphis not exactly a huge program, although you know, they kind of on the map a little bit with uh, Anthony Miller going around too and stuff. So I uh, and Paxton never get Paxton Lynch. Yeah, not Paxton Lynch. I was I was trying to be positive here, but all right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I I thought I thought I thought the Browns had a pretty pretty solid. Solid draft. It, it all depends on Baker Mayfield, though. If if he's good, it's a great draft. If he's not, you know, you're always going to look at what if, especially if the other quarterbacks are following him, you know, are better. I think one of the most interesting moves they made is actually a player they didn't draft, a guy they got as an undrafted free agent, and that's uh, Dontrell Hilliard out of Tulane, who uh, running back, six foot tall, two hundred five pounds, uh, really doesn't do anything badly um his only real negative is that he's not a great uh after the catch running back right but he was um he's a small school prospect who really just he didn't get any buzz but i think he may be a sneaky good pick for them the only issue is that the Browns now have a crowded backfield between um carlos hyde nick chubb duke um, johnson duke johnson so he's gonna be fourth in that pecking order but I wouldn't be surprised if he turned some heads during the preseason. You know, uh, the the undrafted free agent that I thought that they got that was surprising was uh, Desmond Harrison, uh, the athletic tackle out of West Georgia. You know, he's um, he dominated lower talent, lower ability. Uh, I don't think he's ready to play in the NFL from day one. I think the Browns know that. But I think he went to a situation where, you know, he's definitely got the athleticism to play, and uh, he showed pretty well. He's a little older, so – his ceiling – it's not that his ceiling is low, but it's just it's like he doesn't have a ton of time to make do with what he has. It's like Garrett Bowles. I mean, he's kind of he's, – he's almost a finished product at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I think Harrison's facing a really big jump in competition. So uh, that was probably a, a bigger hang-up for a lot of teams. But you know what? I, he's an interesting prospect. At the very least, he's an interesting prospect for me. Um, all right, moving on to Baltimore. This is – the final draft for their longtime general manager, Ozzie Newsome. And he actually made a big splash. He traded up at the end of the round to uh, get Lamar Jackson out of Louisville. Uh, are Flacco's days numbered in Baltimore? I feel like they were numbered before they even traded up. He's, you know, I don't think that they've done great by him. You know, I, I think they've been, I think they've had, sorry about that. I think they've had some subpar uh, receiving cores for years around him, you know, with the exceptions of some guys. But, you know, he had the Anquan Boldens and the Steve Smith. I don't know why the Ravens always seem to be like old wide receiver salvage parts. But, uh, yeah, whatever, it works, you know. But a lot of Derek times, Mason. Derek Mason. A lot, a lot of times, you know, like I feel like he didn't have great talent around him. You know, he kept having Dennis Pitter break the hip every year. And then uh, they've drafted – I'm pretty sure they drafted 19 tight ends in the last four years. And uh, none of them are. <laughs> They've all it's, gotten hurt. It's crazy. Like, I, I, just like off the top of my head, like, I know they took uh, Nick, Nick Boyle, uh, Max Williams, uh, Crockett Gilmore. Crockett Gilmore was a ta- tight end who, I think, didn't he become an offensive lineman at some point? Or Yeah, I think he's a tackle now. Yeah, okay. I, like, I, I think he came a tackle last year. It, it, I, how, how do you swing and miss so many times a tight end? Anyway, anyway whatever. 
But like, especially thing, when your general manager is a former tight end. That, that, that's that, that's the funny part that he actually played the <laughs> position. I mean, I guess sometimes you're too close to it, so that's kind of a thing too. Um, and you know what? Uh, they went a tight end uh, round one, and then for good measure, they went tight end round three on top of it this year. That was really which cool. is. So it reminds me of uh, in 2012 when the Colts took Andrew Luck and then yeah. they took Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener and Kobe Fleener or even before that was 2011 when the Patriots took Gronk and uh, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, you know what? So, that, that first one doesn't look too. The last one doesn't look too crazy though. So are we going to look at like more two tight end sets from Baltimore? I'm guessing. I you know what it is. Part of me felt like I, I think part of that was born out of the fact that the Ravens realized that they needed targets. And I think they didn't love the wide receiver talent in the draft. Uh, they realized that they busted a tight end so many times. They had to uh, – they figured at one right. point one of these guys has to work out. It might as well take two of them. <laughs> you might as well take two of them. I, I, I don't I, – I think part of that was it. I don't think Baltimore loved the wide receiver talent in this class, especially at the, at the top. I know they took two guys uh, day three. Jill uh, Scott and Jordan Lasley. Right, right. So, I, I think that, you know, it was that. And the other one – I, I got to be honest. I didn't love the first-round pick with Hurst. Uh, not – um. Not a ton of room for improvement there for me. You know, uh, I think he had something like – I believe he's he's 25 years old too, right? I think he's the, he's the oldest tight end prospect. I believe he's 20, um, 25 years old. And I'm pretty sure I read this correctly. He only has th- he only had three touchdowns in college, which, I, you know, I'm not the kind of person that gets bent out of shame about lack of touchdowns or, you know, production and production. But, man, like – Hurst is 24 for the record. He turns okay. 25 in August. Okay, so he's going to be 25. Um It'll be a 25-year-old rookie. So, I like, the way I see him, though, is, like, man, you know, like, you're, you're 25 years old. You're a, you're a grown-ass man, you know? Like, and you're, right, you're, getting, you're getting covered by 19-year-olds, and you can't score more than <laughs> you can't score more than three touchdowns. Like, you probably could have done a little better than that. But, I mean, I don't hate him as a prospect. I just don't think I'd take him round one. Um, I, I think he can be a decent all-around player. But the other problem is, is that, you know, at 25, there's not a ton of upside, you know, like – Physically, he's probably peaked, you know. You know, he gets an NFL training room, maybe he's a little stronger or whatever. But, you know, I mean, he's pretty much what he's going to be, you know. So, I, I don't really see the uh, the upside with him. But, you know, uh, the interesting one was uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, traded back at the end of the first round. And, you know, Ozzie Newsom already has a great legacy with Baltimore. You know, um, I, I don't think that anything that happened in the draft was really going to hurt him at this point. Because, you know, his body of work is his body of work. But, he kind of went out with, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to be the, the, the cherry on the top of my legacy. And if he's the franchise quarterback for 10 years, 15 years, you know, Ozzie Newsom literally had a huge impact on the Ravens for 30-something years. You know, from the grave? Point, from basically, yeah. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's not a bad draft class to go out. I didn't love the first-round pick. I thought some of the mid-round picks were interesting. Uh, he obviously, obviously made sure he grabbed a couple of Alabama guys. Uh, in his well, naturally, you, you have to have Alabama guys. Uh, you know, he took uh, Anthony uh, Averett, uh, round four, who I, I actually kind of like. I, I don't think he's got a super high ceiling, but I think that he can be a number two cornerback in the league. You know, and he'll be the number three for them probably too, between uh, Jimmy Smith and um, uh, their first rounder last year. What's his name again? Uh, not, it's not Lamar Shalomore. It's the other kid from. Uh, from ball, from uh, Alabama. From Alabama, yeah, it was name I'm drawing a blank on, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, but that's the thing though. Like, even there, he'll, I think he'll he'll be decent depth, and you know, at the very least, he'll be decent depth, and you know, uh, I think he's got a chance to be a, a decent player. I, Marlon I think, Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey, that was right. Thank you. 
Um, I, I thought that, the, to me, one of the more interesting uh, day three picks was uh, uh, Deshaun Elliott uh, out of Texas, you know, dropping all the way down to uh, five, uh, six, sorry, six. That was a good value pick for them, though. Really good value pick. Uh, I think he should. I think he deserved to get drafted a little higher. Um, you know, a couple of – sometimes it's fit and sometimes it's neat and just kind of maxes up. But you know what? Uh, it took advantage of it. And uh, I, think, I think that might be one of their uh, better picks in the class. Uh, I think one of the more interesting, and I guess more of like a feel-good pick, is Orlando Brown. Um, for those of you who don't know, Orlando Brown Sr., his father, played for the Browns and the Ravens when they moved to Baltimore. Um, he actually went back to the expansion Browns when they returned, and he was blinded by a uh, referee's penalty flag. Um, yeah. His son is a polarizing prospect, so um, he is – an absolute stalwart as far as um, for the bull rush. People can't stop him on the bull rush. They can't beat him with that. But he's slow as molasses. If you're a speed rusher, you're, you're going to go right by him. You know, it's, it's funny. He, he's, he's the ultimate uh, what do you value more kind of prospect in the sense of, like, his college tape. You know, I mean, you know, he's got flaws in his tape too, but his college tape was, you know, pretty impressive for the most part. You know, he looked like an NFL caliber lineman. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, the, you can tell he, he struggles a little with speed rushes, but he's such an enormous person that it's even if you are getting around the corner like this, it's a really big corner to get around, you know. So he's got long arms, he's too. Got he can push arms. you out of the way. Yeah, and he'll push you out of the way and stuff like that. Like, if, you know, if his, his, his draft stock was higher before he made it to the combine, and then he makes it to the combine, he and he bombed it. The combine. I mean, he literally. You, I, I can't think of uh, as bad a combine as that guy had. In, in, that may be the worst combine yeah, I've ever like, seen. In, in the sense of, like, I just never seen a prospect value get just torpedoed so badly. Um, Which is why it surprised by, me so much he went, to the, he went in the third round. I thought he was going to go like the sixth or the seventh based on his combine. You know, I, I didn't think he was going to drop that much. I, but that's what I mean, though. It's a matter of, you know, you kind of see what people value. Because I know as, as, you know, as draft fans and stuff like that, you know, we're all interested to see the, you know, the eye-popping numbers the high 40s, the bench press and stuff like that. And he John Ross. Uh, yeah, exactly. John, he literally didn't do good in any of them. Not even like the, the bench, bench press. I think, he, I think he bench pressed like eight. 14. Rushes. 14. Gee, that's bad. Like, you know, and here's a guy who, at the very least, you figure, you figure you can rely on him to be strong. And, you know, he was hardly that, you know. So uh, I, I think it ultimately came out to, you know, just a matter of what some teams value versus another. Some teams value more game tape. Some teams value – you know, the Underwear Olympics, I guess. You know, I, I think, you know, everything counts uh, for something, but not everything counts for everything, you know. So uh, that, was, that was an interesting, uh, interesting pick for them, too. Speaking of counting for something, uh, let's talk about Cincinnati. And Marvin Lewis and his zero playoff wins are coming back for a 16th season. Uh, I'm convinced that Marvin has some kind of dirt on the Brown family and they just can't let him go. It's – it's quite, you know, there's so many scenarios where I just look at him and I think, like, he's got to get fired, right? And he just doesn't. And it's like, at this point, I, I wouldn't argue that he's an awful, awful coach. But sometimes, you know, you, I don't want to say wear out your welcome, but it just doesn't work anymore. You know, like, I, the, the message isn't being received and stuff like that. And, like, it just seems, you know, it feels like things seem to go a certain way for them. And it's like, Oh, okay. You know what? Like, like they won the last game of the year in Baltimore, which was huge, huge for the Buffalo Bills. But you know, they won the last game in Baltimore and it was like, Oh, well they're still playing from, for Marvin. And it's like, 
all right, maybe they are and stuff. But, you know, at the same time, like, the team has gotten worse. And you know what? It's it's not necessarily a talent issue. I The offensive line was putrid last year. So, that you know, that oh, was terrible. I, yeah, it was just awful. You know, like, but other than that, like, the, the roster itself isn't a terrible, terrible roster. I, I wouldn't argue it's a terrible roster. So, at some point, you got to feel like, you know, maybe, maybe we just need another voice in the locker room. Maybe we need somebody else, you know, instead of keep trying the same thing over and over again, you know? So, I, I, Martin I, I can't Lewis. imagine. I mean, if, if he misses the playoffs again this year, I can't imagine that he would get come back. But at this point, I don't know if I can imagine him getting fired anymore. Marvin Lewis is the Adam Sandler of head coaches. I mean, he's terrible now. People are tired of him, and yet the people near and dear to him still look at him with these rosy-colored glasses from the 90s when he was good yeah. and think that, uh, oh, we, shouldn't, we can't fire him. This is Marvin Lewis. Yeah, there, there was some 2000 uh, Adam Sandler movies I liked. Did, did, I, I, we, we got, we're going to edit that part out. Which part? <laughs> um, on their draft, though, so I think that their guy was Frank Ragnow, uh, and he got poached. Detroit took him the one pick ahead of Cincinnati, so they wound up taking Billy Price and center from Ohio State, which is the wet dream of Jonathan Poor, uh, longtime <laughs> Bengals fan in front of the program. And then they doubled down by taking Sam Hubbard in the third round. So, I mean, this is just – the boys are back in Ohio, man. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know what? I, I was I was surprised to see Price go that high. I, I definitely think the uh, clean bill of health he got from the doctor uh, definitely helped the like, stock. Oh, absolutely! You right know? before the draft, they yeah, right declared that he's going to be good for training camp. Yeah, so I, I definitely think that helps. Uh, Price, Price is an interesting prospect. You know, I I don't know. I think he I think he profiles better at center. Uh, I agree. I, I I think the same way about uh, right now. I don't love him at guard. I think he's a better center. Uh, you know, but there's there's value in having center. Centers are important and stuff like that. I don't know if I would ever really consider drafting a center in the first round, but, you know, I mean, the, the Cowboys did it and they got an all-pro center, so I don't think they have any complaints about that one, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a little surprised to see him go that high, you know. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think Ragnar might have been their target at, tw- at 21 and he got taken you know, right before and you know, they, they felt like this Maybe they felt like the drop-off wasn't that big. And, you know, Billy Price played at Ohio State, semi-close by and stuff like that. So, this is sort of value in him. Um, another interesting thing, too, is that Vontae's perfect is suspended, I think, the first four games of the year. Obviously. Uh, well, na- naturally. We're well, just getting out of the way now instead of, you know, 10 games down the, down the road. Um, Malik <sighs> Jefferson, fourth-round drafted, could be stepping into his place to start uh, a couple games. Uh, yeah, I, I think he went round three. Um, went, yeah, I'm sorry, round four. Round three, yeah. you are correct, 70th overall. I think that back-to-back picks at that point. They took uh, Hubbard and Jefferson, which he, I got to be honest. Which is also correct. I, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't uh, – I didn't, you know what? The Bengals are one of the teams that uh, most more years than not, I like their drafts. I think they're good drafts. I, I think they get uh, a lot of good talent um, at, you know, mid-rounds kind of places. And this one's – not dissimilar from the other ones, you know. Uh, I see Malik Jefferson, round three. He's the kind of guy that, you know, I, I think he needs the right structure around him. Uh, I think he, was, he was right, needs the right coaching. And he's athletic. I don't think anybody questions that. He has to put it all together, you know. But Vontaze Burfick was somebody else who, I mean, his issue was more off the field and stuff like that. But, um Oh, no, there are, there are on-field issues, too. If you remember uh, in high school, he was trying to – Who was he trying to hurt? Take, he was Barkley? trying to hurt uh, Barkley. Yeah, Barkley. And there was just, yeah. 
And now it's when there are both USC commits together. Why would you try to hurt your own quarterback? It'd be the ones closest to you, man. Uh, I know, right? I know, I know. Um, yeah, but, you know, Jefferson, I think he's got an opportunity to go to a defense where they'll, you know, they'll have a need for him. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a pretty good fit. I thought Sam Hubbard was, was good value of where they got him. The D-line probably is one of their strong suits in Cincy. But, you know, never have enough pass rushes. Hubbard is the kind of guy who I, I, don't, I wouldn't call him a tweener, but I can see the value of him playing inside. I can see him playing outside. He's kind of movable kind of guy. And, um, you know, I see him as the guy who finally gets rid of Michael Johnson for them because Michael Johnson sucks. <laughs> you know what's funny? He does suck now. He was good once upon a time. He was, and then he got that extension. And then ever since he got that extension, sucked. Yeah, he's been uh, – He, he hangs worth them. For him. So – God. He hangs worth them is what he did. Something like that. But wait, didn't he – where did he go? He went to um, Tampa. Didn't he? Uh, did he? Is that yeah, right? I think he signed a big contract in Tampa. And oh, God. Don't tell me he had a big contract. He's he's not, he's on a big contract in Tampa and and didn't work out. Went back home and you know he was eh there. He's he was weird. I liked him coming out. Big, hey, yeah, you're right. He went to Tampa Bay for a year and then he went back to Cincinnati in 2015. Yeah, but I think he's on a big contract with Tampa too. Five year, forty three point nine eight million dollars. But that was the year that Tampa signed all those guys to contracts, but had like quick one year routes. They also got Anthony Collins, I think, that year. Well, he was the former left tackle for the Bengals. Pretty sure that was the same year. Anyway, um, another guy they grabbed that I thought was pretty good value was uh, Mark Walton out of Miami. <clears throat> they, uh, they took him around four. You know, their running back depth chart right now is, you know, basically Joe Mixon. They got rid of Jeremy Hill, who went from having a pretty, pretty spectacular Promising. rookie year to just falling off the face of the earth. I think part of it had to do with the, the lack of off, you know, offensive line. But part of it was just, man, I don't know. I, 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 saw, I, think, I feel like sometimes running backs just kind of lose it, you know. So I, I think Walton's a good ad. You know, you have Giovanni Bernard, who's more of a, uh, you know, passing down, you know, do a little of everything, but not really a lead back. So Jack of all trades, master of none. Right, I think Joe Mixon's going to have an opportunity to step up and be a lead back this year. And I, I think they're running back that trust pretty solid after this. Um. Logan Woods, I was taken in the seventh round, which is a lot later than people were expecting the Bengals to take a quarterback. Um, I really don't see him as the kind of guy who's going to knock on the door against Andy Dalton. So I think Dalton has job security for another year. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, yeah, I mean, Jenner, listen, when you, when you draft guys around seven, you're not really looking at them as quarterbacks of the future generally. So at the very least, yeah, I'd argue that Dalton has a little – you know, he's got a little um, cushion to his job. He's also getting paid a decent amount, so I, I don't think the Bengals are looking to move on. I, I think people outside of Cincinnati are lower on Dalton than Cincinnati itself is. I, I don't think Cincinnati hates Dalton. I think Specifically Andy Dalton fantasy owners. Specifically Andy Dalton fantasy owners. You know, so um, I, I think that, you know, they look at him. I, I think that they realize they, they know what he is at this point. You know, he's the kind of guy that – is not going to lead your team really anywhere. He's a good enough placeholder for you to win some games. If he's got a loaded roster, you know, you can do 
make 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 some noise. Uh, I think the best team that they had uh, with him was 2015, where they uh, they lost in the playoffs to a Bay- Houston. A, no, no, I think they lost in the playoffs to the, the, the Steelers. Excuse me. With, oh yeah, yeah that was the year with the, yeah, the penalties everything. Yeah, right, 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 right. So um, you know, I I think Dalton is who he is at this point. I don't think that's really up for debate. I think Dalton's the guy who um, he takes your daughter out to a nice date and then doesn't try to hook up with her at the end. That's an interesting uh, proposition. I'll let you know when I have a daughter how I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of who he is. So I don't think Woodside is going to threaten to take his job. I think he's got another year, and maybe next year they'll see where they're at with his contract, where everything else is at, and you know, kind of go from there. Um, and last but not least, in the AFC North. North we got the jo- uh, we have the Joey Joey Pacino uh, Steelers. Yes, um, and they did not take a running back in the first round. So sorry, Joey. I'm not sorry. Uh, instead, they took Terrell Edmonds. So I'm convinced that they thought it was Tremaine, and that Tremaine slipped, and they put the draft card in. And then when they announced it was his brother, they said like, "Oh shit!" I, I feel like you're trying to do that just to make them feel better about the whole situation. <laughs> uh, it was. It was definitely a, a weird pick on their part. I was surprised. I think that was probably the biggest surprise of the first round, I'd argue. I, I can't as far as talent him. versus draft position, I would say talent either him or Penny, yes. position versus, uh, you know, kind of where, where we thought he was going to go versus where he actually went. And just – I mean, I, we were all baffled during the live coverage that that pick happened. Yeah, we were all just like, oh, wow. You know, we, we, all, we all got – Picks wrong before that, but I don't think we all got. We were all like floored by a pick like we were on that one. So, Mel Kuyper face. Uh, Mel Kuyper face. Mel Kuyper uh, Tyson Lulu face. You know, so that was that was definitely a weird one for me. I I, I don't know. I I, I actually kind of like Justin Reed a little more. I know he went round three. I I liked him a little higher. I was like kind of hoping he fell to the Giants on the second pick, and then when the Giants made the second pick, I was really hoping he fell to the Giants. Um, but. Yeah, I mean that, that was that was kind of a that was kind of a surprise uh, to me. You know, I, I know they got rid of Mike Mitchell this offseason, which I know made Joey happy. Um, you know, so uh, but I don't think the guy that they got was who what he was hoping for to replace him with. You know, so that was the biggest surprise. Round two, round two and three, they went uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State. You know, and it's 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 funny, it's it's interesting because the plan. You know, they went Mason Rudolph in round three, and they went James Washington in round two. You know, so the plan is obviously James Washington will probably line up three receiver sets with AB and Juju Smith. Juju, yeah. Juju uh Mason Rudolph is going to be groomed as the, you know, the quarterback Air. of the future. You know, and it'll be interesting to see if three, four years down the line, you know, ben, Ben's gone and Rudolph becomes a quarterback and Washington's still there. The quarterback wide receiver duo from Oklahoma State ends up becoming the quarterback wide receiver duo at uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, and uh, it's I, I, I didn't think uh, Rudolph was terrible value. You know, uh, you, you, you use the first two picks of your draft to, uh, you know, address more significant needs at the, at the moment, you know. And then uh, you went, you know, you, you went and took a shot at, at a quarterback around three. I, you know, I don't think it was the worst move in the world. I wouldn't have liked it if the Giants taken him around one, you know. But after that, uh, they took a guy who I'm kind of – I don't want to say bullish on it's probably a little too aggressive, but I do kind of sort of like his uh, 
don't know. There's something there I like about uh, Chukwuma Okorafor. Chukwuma Okorafor? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he was given some time, some grooming. He's got a good uh, offensive line coach there. He's done a lot with a lot less, you know. And this, I don't think he even started playing either until like his like sophomore, or junior, or high school. Yeah, th- th- as th- well. that's the thing. There's to me, there like JPP was whenever he was in high school as right. well. He's a raw player, you know, and he, he's the kind of guy who I think can continue to develop, especially if he's given time to. He won't be throwing to fire it away. I don't think they expect him to be a starter, you know, from day one. So I think that works in his favor. Uh, he was he was actually the left tackle. I, I could be wrong about this, but I believe he was a left tackle at Western Michigan, and he actually held off. Uh, Taylor Moton from last year, who was a second round pick for the Panthers. They actually held him off and played left tackle last year. You know, so there's ability there. I also believe I read that he grew up playing soccer, which personally I like because for a guy that big to have been playing soccer, it means that his footwork's got to be pretty good. So, yes, I, I agree. You know, so uh, there's still definitely uh, something to develop there, but I, I think that there's, there's something there. He's, he's an interesting ball of clay that uh, Mike Munchak might. Might be able to make make do and make something out of it, you know. I know, so I mean that's kind of how I see that. Um, I think it's also safe to say that we are a anti Mason Rudolph podcast, correct? Uh, <laughs> Here's my thing: a, a lot of guys that really depend on where they go. You know, if you somebody took Rudolph round one, oh man, that's that'd be kind of hard. But <laughs> if you're taking Rudolph, you know, mid round mid round three, kind of you know, like you kind of taking like. I, c- I could live with it. You know, if you see some things that you like, you could develop and stuff like that. Like, I could live with it. Uh, it. I don't hate it. I don't love the prospects, but I would have hated it a lot more if somebody took them round one or round two or whatever the case is. So, yeah. I mean, by hate it, I mean hate it for them, not right, right. personally. No, I I, I, honestly, I don't think it was the the worst pick in the world. That's what I'll say. Well, no, the worst pick in the world was Terrell Evans. Yeah, they made, sure they, they made sure to get that around. You know, <laughs> they made sure to get that one out of the way first round so the rest of the picks would be like, well, you know what? We need to... It's like, oh, well, this pick's bad. Yeah, but you, it's not Terrell Edmonds round one bad. So, they, I mean, really, they were, just, they were just covering their asses is really what it comes down to. Um, I think the most interesting pick in this draft was Jalen Samuels, who they drafted as a running back. So he played tight end, running back, fullback. He played, like, everywhere for NC State. Um, I, guess, I guess in reality, his ceiling really is just – it's a fullback. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? He's, he's a weird one. I feel like he's not quite big enough to be a full-time fullback. I think he needs to be a sort of uh, – scat back? Not, no, not even a scat back. back. Yeah, like an H-back, jack of all trades. I think he's only like six foot two. I think he's five eleven, two twenty three. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not that's not a fullback side, you know. Like that's a somewhat you know bigger than usual running back and all, but not even that much bigger. Like I mean, take Brandon Jake was six four, two sixty pounds, you know. So he's not really that big a running back. I, I think he's just kind of he's the kind of guy that you know he'll he'll do what you're asking him. You know, you ask him to line up as a fullback, he'll line up as a fullback. You ask him to take some handoffs as a running back, he'll do that. You ask him to line up in a slot, you know, on the line, in line as a tight end. He'll do it. He'll play special teams. I, you know, I, I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, they'll they'll, they'll find ways to use him. I, I don't think there's any one position in the NFL that he can play full time. So I think you're gonna have to be able to create it with him. Special teams, right? That too. <laughs> uh, what's crazy to me though is that I mean, he had really positive grades on Pro Football Focus as a receiver, and not so much as a rusher. Um, so it's weird for me to see him drafted as a running back when. 
Well, I think the better position I'll fit for is probably tight end. Yeah, I, I mean, keep in mind though that oh, it's just that's just a listing. You know, you got to list something because you're not going to list nothing. I, I wouldn't put too much stock into what he was listed as when he was drafted because I don't imagine that the Steelers are going to specifically use him in one position anyway. Did you just define his position? Did you just assume his position? I did just assume his position. I, I, I actually did the opposite. You're the one who kind of assumed his position. <laughs> uh, well, that is the AFC North. Um, and from Nick and I, thank you for listening. And we are signing off. Take care.